We all know someone with hearing loss, maybe even struggle with it ourselves. But unfortunately, hearing aids cost thousands, which most people just can't afford. Now there's an alternative. A company called Audion Hearing just released new over-the-counter hearing aids for only $189, and they sound amazing. Highly recommended for anyone with hearing loss. Check out audionhearing.com for their 45-day risk-free trial. That's A-U-D-I-E-N hearing.com, and you can use code Keith for $25 off. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. We must face the reality that Trump is America's Hitler. We must use the real words now. There are no more dog whistles. As of now, as of this weekend past, as of this morning, they have begun to salute him as others saluted Hitler. They have begun to play the music and chant the slogans of QAnon. They have begun to weave in the sing-song melodies of the televangelists and the Christo-fascists. They have stopped pretending. So, too, must we stop pretending. America's Hitler is here. We have to face the reality that if Trump had not already chosen that path, Saturday night in Youngstown, Ohio, he dropped the pretense and made it unmistakably clear. First, he saw the worst in the Republican Party and unleashed its darkness and made the Republican Party his slaves. 
Then he saw the worst in the Christo-Fascist movement and unleashed its darkness and made the Christo-Fascist movement his slaves. And now he has seen the worst in the QAnon cult and unleashed its darkness and made the QAnon cult his slaves. For the first time Saturday, Trump interwove the music of QAnon into his apocalyptic speech. And, fraud. and we have a president who is cognitively impaired and in no condition to lead our country, which may end up in World War III. We are a nation that no longer has a free press and has no fair press any longer. Fake news is all you get and they are truly the enemy of the people. We are a nation where free speech is no longer allowed. And before that music, not from QAnon, but nearly identical to it, was over. Nearly the entirety of that crowd was standing in front of Trump, each with one arm in the air, with a forefinger extended, heads bowed, not just a Sieg Heil to Trump, but an enduring one, lasting for minute after excruciating minute as they swayed slowly to his words of hate and revenge and persecution and his calls to violence and bloodlust and revolution, no longer just the most extreme and stomach-turning and anti-American and fascistic political movement in our nation's history, but now the result of the full, horrible combination of personal madness, religious fanaticism, vengeance fantasies, and delusional cultism rolled into one man. It's a cult. It's a radicalized cult preparing to wage war against this country. Not political war, not symbolic war, not cultural war, not virtual war. War itself with blood, with murder, with scapegoats, with death camps, with presidents for life, and what would be for this country at the end, at best, a struggle in the future to somehow regain democracy, in the future to somehow regain freedom, to somehow regain diversity, while a dictatorship tightened its grip and went from declaring its opponents enemies of the people to declaring the elected president of the United States and his government enemies of the people and to trying to get rid of all of them and all of us. But the thugs and tyrants attacking our movement, and there's never been a movement even close in the history of the United States, have no idea of the sleeping giant that they have awoken. Trump did not cross a line Saturday night in Youngstown, Ohio. He erased one. It is not the ultimate line. It is the penultimate one. There are still ways to prevent him and ways to forestall the horror and the destruction of all we call America. But Saturday night, he climaxed a week of stochastic terror threats and a week of movement towards the full embrace of the QAnon madness. Saturday night, he made it unavoidable and inescapable. It is Christo-fascism or America. It is QAnon, or America. It is Trump, or America. And our fight, our last chance, starts with this. We have to face the reality that Trump is America's Hitler.
and is now openly emulating Hitler and his most venomous call to dictatorship. One people, one nation, one Fuhrer. We are one movement, one people, one family, and one glorious American nation. Once, the comparison between Trump and Hitler could be misinterpreted as hyperbole and alarmism and political science fiction. It was Godwin's law wearing orange makeup. The first to invoke Hitler automatically loses the debate. And while some of us who actually knew Trump said, as it started seven long years ago, that in him there were all the elements of mass murder and of dictatorship, so many others thought the guardrails that have saved us since Aaron Burr made it so that no man, no matter how insane, no matter how power-mad, no matter how devoid of the slightest concern for anyone but himself, anything but himself, could ever erase democracy in America. We who saw horror hoped those who saw aberration were right and we were wrong. But we were not wrong. And we are not wrong. We must use the real words. We have to face the reality that Trump is America's Hitler. This statement is no longer alarmism. It is no longer theoretical. It is no longer political science fiction. It is, after Saturday night in Ohio, with his wild, orgiastic call to violence, with the continuing beckoning for others to fight, to take back, to terrorize, with the arms raised in mindless salute and the entirety of existence reduced to a song that makes no sense, sung by cultists who make no sense, to a messianic leader who makes no sense. It is now undeniable fact. Our Hitler is here now. The comparison always repels many who would otherwise recognize and agree to its component parts. It is easily rejected because the Hitler in our collective human mind is the Hitler already forcing society into uniforms and regimentation and the Hitler already bombing England and the Hitler already gassing Jews. But Trump has so far acted by neglect, by proxy, by invoking and inspiring evil in others while being able to deny his own total responsibility for that. Trump is not Hitler 1940, not yet, but he is Hitler 1930 or 1931 or 1932. He is Hitler at that stage when the most powerful, most vicious right-wing mainstream politician in Germany, Franz von Papen, could insist he and his colleagues could make Hitler chancellor and then bury him, quote, within two months, we'll have pushed Hitler into the corner. That was on January 30th, 1933. 28 days after that, the German parliament building, the Reichstag, was burned to the ground. And 24 days after that, the parliament voted to give Hitler the right to make his own laws and to end the elections in Germany. And the sun would not rise again until 1945. We have to face the reality that Trump is America's Hitler, that Hitler, the Hitler on the verge of all night forever. Adolf Hitler first emerged in German politics in the 1920s, already deranged, already irrational, already a threat to his country's democracy. And then he was thwarted in his bid for total power, denied by the rule of law from superseding the rule of law. And to his instability and inhumanity were added cultism and vengeance and the utter disregard of anything except his own wanton desires and a kind of rapture of rage that would no longer be satisfied with total power, but now demanded that power be gained 
by the destruction of others. The day he seized control, he did not begin to imprison and then murder millions of Jews and opponents and intellectuals and minorities. The day he seized control, he did not start World War II. The day he seized control, he did not unleash the forces that would kill 85 million people in a world war. But the day he seized control, he quickly made sure that the rules and laws and powers of the institution of the state lost their usefulness in stopping him. We have to face the reality that Trump is America's Hitler. And there is no reason to be squeamish about that comparison. On the subject of Donald Trump, Hitler was first invoked by, Hitler was first made relevant by Trump. It is not six weeks since his former chief of staff, General Kelly, demanded to know why, quote, you effing generals, why can't you be like the German generals in World War II? And when Kelly challenged him with the fact that it was German generals who tried to kill Hitler, Trump insisted, no, 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 they were totally loyal to him. It is four years since Trump, at a commemoration of the dead of World War I, who said to Kelly, quote, well, Hitler did a lot of good things and talked about Hitler's economy. And it is 32 years, 32 years this month, since Marie Brenner wrote in Vanity Fair magazine, Ivana Trump told her lawyer that from time to time her husband reads a book of Hitler's collected speeches, which he keeps in a cabinet by his bed. And this reporter Brenner asks Trump if his cousin John gave him that book. And Trump says, quote, actually, it was my friend Marty Davis from Paramount who gave me a copy of Mein Kampf. And then it's Marty Davis who says he didn't give Trump that Hitler book. He gave Trump Hitler's My New Order, Hitler's book of his favorite speeches. And Trump comes back to the topic and tells Marie Brenner, if I had these speeches and I am not saying that I do, I would never read them. There was another quote in that article from 32 years ago this month attributed to one of Trump's attorneys. Donald, the lawyer said, is a believer in the big lie theory. If you say something again and again, people will believe you. 1990. Use the real words. What we saw Saturday night in Youngstown, Ohio, was the last shreds of the Trump mask being torn away and the last barrier between Trump and QAnon being torn away and the last distinction between Trump and another Hitler being torn away and the last hesitation to make their plans clear being torn away and also the start of something within literally hours. At another rally yesterday for the Republican candidate for governor of Pennsylvania, Doug Mastriano, a Christo-fascist called Lance Wallnau, had only to ask, and the crowd there in Pennsylvania raised all of their arms and grunted along with this poisonous mixture of religious insanity, fascism, war fantasies, and QAnon. And we'll do that by putting our right hand in the air on the count of three, if you're willing to do this. Can you say what they said at Gettysburg? When you see us lined up as one, sweep down the hill to victory. On the count of three, we'll bring our hand down as one. Father, I pray that indeed Pennsylvania will be like Little Round Top, and America will have a new birth of liberty. As one on the count of three. One, two, three. We have to face the reality that Trump 
is America's Hitler. And we have to face another reality, the one expressed by the author of the political insider book, This Town, Mark Leibovich. Mr. Leibovich quoted a former Republican congressman who has seen this coming and who warned, quote, look, we have no plan for this except sitting around hoping he dies. We must accept the fact that the day in the near future is now visible when even the most drastic steps against Trump will not stop him. We have to look at the country around us today, right now, September 19th, 2022, and we have to admit that as in Germany in 1933, our rules and our laws and our powers of our institutions of our state are beginning to lose their usefulness in stopping Trump and the Christo-fascists and the QAnons and the Republicans. The judiciary is already compromised and losing its usefulness in stopping Trump. A judge he appointed has overruled the laws of this country, protecting us against espionage and nuclear kleptomania, and said, no, he was the victim. Another judge will now act as special master and delay any prosecution of Trump for his crimes until December at least. Six judges Trump appointed will hear the appeal of the special master case. Three Supreme Court judges Trump appointed would hear the appeal after that. The elections are already compromised and losing their usefulness in stopping Trump. In six weeks, we will hold elections and we will permit at least some people to assume office that control the elections. People who have sworn loyalty not to this country, but to Trump People who are committed not to fair elections that they might win and they might lose, but to elections that are legitimate only if Trump wins and can be ignored or overturned or redone if Trump loses. People who might as well have been in that crowd in Ohio Saturday night and in that crowd in Pennsylvania Sunday afternoon, their eyes closed in the presence of their God Trump, their forefingers raised in mindless salute to their God Trump, their poisoned minds dedicated to vengeance on behalf of their God Trump. The legislative branch is already compromised and losing its usefulness in stopping Trump. If the Republicans take the House, they will not just stop the January 6th commission. They will pervert it and use it to prove that Trump was the victim and the Proud Boys were victims and the Oath Keepers were victims and the committee should impeach the attorney general and Biden and free every seditionist scum involved in every component of every attempted coup. The Republican Party is already compromised and is losing its usefulness in stopping Trump. It has been subsumed by Trump. If Trump has now embraced QAnon and QAnon is a cult, then Trump has become a cult and his Republican Party is a cult. The Republican Party has cut its connection to democracy or public service or any policy other than power. And some political figures still believe the Republican Party will act to stop Trump when in point of fact, Trump brings them power, and they ask no other questions, just like the German conservatives of 1933 asked no other questions until Hitler started sending some of them to the camps. The only Republicans who make the slightest motions against Trump do so by trying to out-Trump him, like DeSantis and the human traffic, or even more ominously, ending half of his speeches by telling his audience to put on the armor of God or Mastriano and his proxy wall now yesterday, mixing QAnon and religion and the civil war into one horrible recipe for theocracy. What is left to us who want peace and who want democracy and who want elections and who want an America in which no one is killed 
or sent to a camp because they nonviolently oppose any politician. Our last plan, our only plan for this, except sitting around hoping he dies, is the executive branch. And as it fell to Joe Biden to defeat Trump in an election to save American democracy, it falls again to him to use the means at his disposal to defeat Trump as he waits to take the penultimate step to destroy American democracy and to propel this country into chaos and horror and nightmare. Trump is the proverbial clear and present danger to the safety of this nation and every one of her citizens. He must be treated as we would treat any other terrorist loose in our midst. Biden's attorney general spent Saturday at Ellis Island fighting back tears and pleading, we are all in this together. We are all Americans. Instead of realizing the people he is pleading with want to kill him and you and me. And instead of pleading, he should be prosecuting, even if it means ignoring the Florida court or ignoring the appeals court or ignoring the Supreme Court. And if this still does not end the terror, Joe Biden must act against the terrorist. Trump threatens this nation and everyone in it. Today, right now, the next January 6th is being organized while we watch and we respond with memes. And if Biden acts and if what follows are the riots in the streets promised by Lindsey Graham or the, quote, big trouble from the sleeping giant summoned Saturday night by Trump, Biden must respond with the full power of the United States of America and face the rioters in the streets and face the sleeping giant and face the Trump QAnon Christo fascist cultists and in defense of everything this country has ever meant and everything it is supposed to mean to crush them. We must use the real words. We must face the reality that Trump is America's Hitler. Still ahead on Countdown, the anniversary of the day my great-grandfather turned down stock in the company that would become General Motors and gave the owner the idea for the name. It is humorous relief, and God knows we need it. Aaron Judge, 59 homers, one away from the record, or two, or is it 13? And worse persons. Who's that standing next to Marjorie Trailer Park Green in that photo? Why, it's America's sweetheart, Pat Sajak. And that board is spelling out F-A-S blank I-S-T. That's next, Vanna. This is Countdown. We all know someone with hearing loss, maybe even struggle with it ourselves. But unfortunately, hearing aids cost thousands, which most people just can't afford. Now there's an alternative. A company called Audion Hearing just released new over-the-counter hearing aids for only $189, and they sound amazing. Highly recommended for anyone with hearing loss. Check out audionhearing.com for their 45-day risk-free trial. That's A-U-D-I-E-N hearing.com, and you can use code KEITH for $25 off. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds 
you know, the basketball nerds. Like, you know, who's ready to get Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of the Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? See the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Daylight savings time is starting up in most states. The goal to give all of us more daylight right through to November. With it, you may actually feel as if there are more hours in the day. But if you are hiring, it may actually feel like it's taking even longer to find qualified candidates. There is no daylight hiring time. There's only one way to find those qualified candidates. That way is ZipRecruiter. Right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com countdown. Daylight savings time or not, ZipRecruiter works round the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to more than 100 job sites so you reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter's smart technology also scans thousands of resumes quickly to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See for yourself. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash countdown to try it for free. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash countdown. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. This is Countdown with Keith Oberman. Still ahead on Countdown, Puerto Rico hit again by a hurricane of impossible dimensions. Pat Sajak self-identifies as a pal of Marjorie Taylor Greene. And the woman who devoted her life to getting her late husband elected to baseball's Hall of Fame has died after 50 years of struggling to make it happen. First, in each edition of Countdown, we feature a dog in need whom you can help. Every dog has its day. If she knows you already, Henrietta is a perfect sweetheart. She'll take treats gently and calmly respond to your commands. She needs time, though, to adjust to strangers, which makes sense since they found her roaming a Brooklyn apartment building. She hates the pound, is terrified there, but she loves people and dogs alike. She's at the New York pound, marked for death, and as a 72-pound brindle mixed breed, she will not make it out alive unless we can help put together enough pledges to defray a rescue group's costs in pulling her out of the pound. Look for my tweet about Henrietta on my account for dogs in trouble, Tom Jumbo Grumbo, and pledge something for Henrietta if you can, or just retweet her, please. And thank you very much. Okay.
Coming up on Countdown, sure, if you lure 48 immigrants onto a flight with false promises of jobs and then fly them somewhere other than where you told them you were going, it's bad. But if they were treated well when they got there, CNN asks, how could you call it kidnapping? Worst persons coming up. First postscripts to the news, some headlines, some thoughts, some snark. Dateline San Juan, Puerto Rico. Once again, part of this country is decimated by natural disasters accelerated by climate change, and yet it gets overlooked. Puerto Rico still trying to come back from Hurricane Maria in 2017 and the negligence of the Trump administration afterwards. Remember him tossing the victims rolls of paper towels? Puerto Rico lost all power last night as Hurricane Fiona hit the island. Date done, London. Well, they're finally having the funeral service and the burial of Queen Elizabeth II. Sorry they rushed it like that. Should have taken a little longer. Dateline Twitter, two weird tweets about the right-wing troll Tommy Laren. The Independent tweeted, Tommy Laren evacuated as protesters pound doors. Evacuated? That must have been messy. And Outkick the Coverage tweeted, police had to escort Tommy Laren out. Escort Tommy Laren? Who knew? Dateline Woodland Hills, California. Henry Silva has died. The veteran character actor and all-around heavy was in the original Ocean's Eleven with Frank Sinatra in 1960 and stood out in the extraordinary political science fiction classic The Manchurian Candidate, including a karate fight with Frank Sinatra that takes up more than two minutes of the film. If you've never seen The Manchurian Candidate, this is a good reason for you to go see it right now. Shut the podcast off and watch it. Henry Silva was 95. And Hollywood. New York Times reporting that Apple is in a quandary over what to do with its $120 million Will Smith film, Emancipation, because... Anybody guess? Anybody remember why? Anybody care? Because Will Smith slapped Chris Rock at the Oscars last March. Only the entertainment industry could be so self-absorbed as to think people won't go or will go because of that incident or remember anything in last March or earlier. On the other hand, Apple is clearly missing the perfect marketing campaign for this movie now. Go see Emancipation. It slaps. This is Sports Center. Wait, check that. Not anymore. This is Countdown with Keith Olbermann. It slaps. That's what the kids say, right? It slaps. In sports, maybe Tom Brady and his wife Giselle Bunchen and the Tampa Bay Bucks should each be living in separate homes. Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks uh, beat New Orleans 20 to 10 yesterday, but Brady threw 18 completed passes and 16 incompletes. And after one of the latter, Brady yelled at the New Orleans cornerback Marshawn Lattimore. Next thing you know, there's a bench clearing brawl while Brady basically exits stage left. And then he would not answer media questions about the brouhaha afterwards. Brouhaha, ha, ha, ha. He was supposed to be such a big deal in San Francisco. They'd done a documentary series on him called The Choice. Now 49ers quarterback and 2021 third overall choice, Trey Lance, has broken his right ankle. 
Turns out the choice they meant was the one the Niners made not to trade his presumed backup, Jimmy Garoppolo. They also made a choice not to give Garoppolo a 49ers playbook in training camp, thinking he could tell his next team what was in it. His next team turns out to be his old team. Garoppolo tossed a touchdown, and with him at the helm, San Francisco beat Seattle 27-7. The Las Vegas Aces beat Connecticut 78-71 to take the WNBA crown in five games. I'm sorry, WNBA. Aaron Judge homered twice, 59 for the season, which means he's certainly within two of tying the all-time American League record, except... How is it the American League record if nine of Aaron Judge's 59 homers this year have been against National League teams in interleague play? And if you're saying that doesn't matter, the leagues play each other all the time and they're not really that different, then how can there be a National League record or an American League record anymore? Isn't there just one record? Fifty years ago, the great manager of the New York Mets and legendary first baseman of the Brooklyn Dodgers, Gil Hodges, died of a heart attack at the age of 47, just as the 1972 baseball season was beginning. For half a century, his widow Joan had continued to live in her Brooklyn home, spearheading an increasingly desperate bid to get her late husband the place he deserved in baseball's Hall of Fame. Fifteen times the voting writers bypassed Gil Hodges. Twice as many times, various veterans committees did the same. Finally, last winter, he was elected to the Hall of Fame. And on July 24th, Mrs. Gil Hodges watched her daughter accept the honor 50 years overdue. Saturday night, Joan Hodges died 10 days short of her 96th birthday. Still ahead, ever wondered who came up with that name, General Motors? Spoiler alert, it was my great-grandfather. Gruesome details next. First, the daily roundup of the miscreants, morons, and Dunning-Kruger effect specimens who constitute today's worst persons in the world. The bronze. Pat Sajak is a lazy guy. Once 30 years ago, when I was a guest on his late-night talk show on CBS, the one that got canceled, I arrived an hour before taping time and asked if I could stop in and say hello to Pat, and they said, no, he's not here yet. And I said, what? Suddenly, the vice president of Late Night for CBS was there, and he said, hey, have you ever thought of hosting one of these shows? Because our host ain't here yet, and we tape in an hour. Later, Pat would claim in public that he got me started on network TV on that show and regretted it ever since, and I had to tell him, Pat, that was in 1991. I was on CNN in 1981. That's all preface to something really lazy from Pat. He's pretty good about hiding his Trumpism, but he just gave away the store, posted on social media a photo of a on-camera stooge from the propaganda outlet Right Side Broadcasting beaming on the left of the picture, Marjorie Trailer Park Green beaming on the right of the picture, and beaming in the middle, Pat Sajak. Uh, Pat, uh, I'd like to buy a dictatorship. The runners-up kidnappers and human traffickers Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott. As their inhumanity and criminality continues to resonate, there is this detail that was lost as it all happened, which, well, maybe it's just me, but I think it kind of underscores the, you know, falsehood of Ron DeSantis's alleged Christianity and the fact that he wouldn't know Jesus if Jesus came up and, and bit him in his ill-fitting suit. One of the kidnapping Im kidnapped immigrants, rather, is named... Nazareth. Ardennis Nazareth. Hmm. Nazareth. 
Why does that why does that name sound so familiar? Hmm. But our winner, in the latest example from the transformation of CNN into a fascist propaganda outlet under the chairman and chief executive officer of CNN Worldwide, who when we were at MSNBC together, I thought used to eat paste, Chris Licht, Ron DeSantis's election opponent, Charlie Crist, referred to the DeSantis kidnapping of 48 immigrants and sending them to Massachusetts as kidnapping. And CNN anchor Allison Camerata, formerly of Fox News, replied to him, quote, Yes, they were lured on false pretenses, that's true. But when they got to Martha's Vineyard, they were certainly treated very humanely. Is that really kidnapping? Yes, yes, it is really kidnapping. Seriously, Allison, other than that, how did you enjoy the play, Mrs. Lincoln Camerata? Today's worst person in the world! We all know someone with hearing loss, or maybe even struggle with it ourselves. But unfortunately, hearing aids cost thousands, which most people just can't afford. Now there's an alternative. A company called Audion Hearing just released new over-the-counter hearing aids for only $189, and they sound amazing. Highly recommended for anyone with hearing loss. Check out audionhearing.com for their 45-day risk-free trial. That's A-U-D-I-E-N hearing.com, and you can use code Keith for $25 off. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. To the top of the countdown and the number one story and my favorite topic, me, and what is some much-needed comic relief today, I think, though my late father would never have agreed with that statement. Not at all. My great-grandfather told this story 
something like every day until he died. It was legendary in the family. There is considerable circumstantial evidence that it is all true. And the last possible date that it could have happened was 114 years ago last Friday, September 16th, 1908. Antony Zelinski was born in Krakow in Poland in 1868. My sister just found some evidence that he changed the way his name was spelled, that it was originally Zelensky, with two Ys or two I's at the end, just like the Ukrainian president. We're kind of pleased with her discovery. Antony, or as my father nicknamed him, the great financier, was a natural musician. He could sing, play any instrument. He could compose music and lyrics. He could teach you how to play. He could build or repair anything from a kazoo to a grand piano. And that from his late teens, is how he made his money. He traveled all around Europe from maybe 1886 onwards, staying at rich people's houses for several days, teaching the girls how to sing and the boys how to play whatever was lying around the house, fixing the family harpsichord, cobbling together the odd flute. One day, we're guessing around 1889-1890, he traveled to the home of well-off merchants in Odessa, then part of Russia, the Shevchenkos. He taught the boys how to sing and the girls how to play the organ. And then he uh, fell in love with the youngest daughter, Matrona. The Shevchenkos were not happy when they discovered them in love and chased my great-grandfather and their daughter out of the house, out of the city, and out of the country. Antony went home to Poland, married his child bride, returned to Krakow, where all of his family then chased them out of that house, out of that city, and out of that country. Get lost with you and your Russian whore, he would later tell the nephew for whom my father was named, Teddy. Antony and Matrona had to think fast. It's 1889, 1890. Where's a hardworking guy thrown out of Russia and Poland going to go? They arrived in New York City within weeks. As I said, he was a natural musician. He picked up English quickly, and supposedly within a month or two, he was leaving his wife, my great-grandmother, in an apartment in the Bronx and getting on trains for distant cities as far west as Chicago, going to the rich people's homes and getting $100 to teach them music, write music, repair musical instruments, and then get right back on the train to New York. Though he earned a very good income doing this, especially for an immigrant, Antony and Matrona lived frugally often without hot water in their home, because my great-grandfather was now driven. Driven to avenge himself. Teddy, he would tell his nephew, who told my dad, I save every dollar I can save. I invest in the safest investment in the world, the Polish national bonds. For one day I shall return to Krakow, I shall buy the biggest house on top of the biggest hill, and stand outside all day, waving my money at my relatives who made me and your aunt leave, and saying to them, F you, this is my goal. And on and on this went, for a decade and more, until he went to Flint, Michigan, to do his usual routine, to stay at the house of a prosperous American, write a family song, repair the broken tuba, teach the kids to play the guitar, and generally delight the family. In this case, the family of a businessman who he remembered as Mr. Billy. Came the end of my great-grandfather's stay with Mr. Billy in Michigan and his family in Michigan, and Mr. Billy was so taken with Antony Zelinsky that he took him personally to the train station in Flint and went with him onto the platform to wait for the train. Mr. Zelinsky, he said, we have been delighted to have you here, that I would be honored if you would accept, instead of the $500 I owe you, 
please take $1,000 in stock certificates from my business, my way of saying thanks and hoping you can return and visit us again. My great-grandfather said he was almost moved to tears by the gesture. But, Mr. Billy, he explained, I live very inexpensively, and I invest all my money in the world's safest investment, the Polish national bonds. Mr. Billy congratulated Antony on his prudence, but said, I believe I am at the cusp of the next great business in this country. I would again offer you this stock. I think you will make so much money that you could buy all the Polish national bonds. My great-grandfather, standing there on the train station in Flint, Michigan, thought for a moment. I know, Mr. Billy, you mentioned you own a manufactory in town. What is this you manufacture? Mr. Billy said, we are in the automobile business, Mr. Zelinsky. My great-grandfather lit up. Ah, yes, the streets of New York are filled with automobiles. This is the coming thing. But I will still take the cash and invest in the world's safest investment, the Polish national bonds. The train was late. There was an awkward silence now between them, which my great-grandfather finally broke. Do I know the name of your company, Mr. Billy? Mr. Billy replied, well, that's the topic of the moment, Mr. Zelinsky, and I must say, having gotten to know you a little bit, I'm not at all surprised you brought this subject up. Currently, my company is called Buick Motor Cars. My great-grandfather said, ah, yes, Buick. I've heard of Buick. You're changing the name? Not exactly, said Mr. Billy. I believe the automotive business is going to grow exponentially, but we have one large company in the field, Ford, and we have dozens of smaller ones like Buick, and I'm about to buy up several of my competitors and form one big company, bigger than Ford, and we will dominate automobiles for decades to come. Ah, yes, said my great-grandfather, and what will you call this behemoth? Mr. Billy laughed. Again, you cut to the heart of the matter, Mr. Zelensky. We are debating that right now. We need a name that expresses our national stature. My great-grandfather shook his head at the obviousness of this. The problem is an easy one, no? You use national, national motor cars. Mr. Billy laughed. Again, your insight is extraordinary. That was our first thought as well. But would you believe there is a company in Indiana, of all places, they make electric automobiles, which will never work, and they're called national motor vehicles. We need another name. American is also taken. Continental is taken. Damn it, Mr. Zelensky, we can't think of a good name that isn't already taken. My great-grandfather, who had just turned down the stock, and $1,000 worth of the stock in this company, thought for a second. You wish to express the national, the American, the broadly available or available National, continental, national, uh, uh, what is the word in English? The uh, general, the general availability of your vehiculars. Well, Mr. Billy, why not that? Why not general? General automobiles, general automotive, general motor car, maybe uh, general motors. Now it was time for Mr. Billy to become pensive. Finally, he spoke. General Motors. Hmm. It does have a certain ring to it, Mr. Zelinsky. Oh, look, here's your train. Ah. <sighs> Mr. Billy was, of course, Billy Durant. And he owned Durant Dort. And then he owned Buick. And then he consolidated 13 auto manufacturers and 10 parts and accessory companies together into, as it was called on the day Billy and his partners opened the escrow account, Wednesday, September 16th, 1908, General Motors Holding Company. 
my great-grandfather, having gotten another $500 to invest in the world's safest investment instead of $1,000 in stock in not General Motors in 1908, but the company that would become General Motors, and having given its chairman the name General Motors for free, waved goodbye, got on the train, returned to New York. He died 15 years later, and to his credit, we know of the detail of this story because the person who told it to everyone with a laugh, with a warning to his relatives that none of them had the genes of a businessman either, was my great-grandfather himself. Needless to say, this good, self-deprecating humor makes him my favorite of all my ancestors. And I hope wherever he went when he died in 1923, his humor went with him, because there were several postscripts to this story that lend it authenticity and induce further rage in his descendants. My father was very much alive in 1940. He was an 11-year-old boy with his Uncle Teddy, Antony's nephew, living with my dad and grandparents and my uncles in the Bronx. My dad, who did not meet his grandfather, Antony Zelinsky, said there was a knock on the apartment door one day, and he opened it to the sight, as he put it, of the two best suits of clothing I had ever seen. The men wearing them asked for my dad's uncle. He got him. And the men began to speak Polish to Uncle Teddy. Gentlemen, we are here in America. You will please speak English in front of my family. Mr. Zelinsky, one of them said, we know that your uncle left you his investments in Polish national bonds. He was obviously a great patriot. We represent the Polish government in exile. When we run the Nazis out of our homeland and freedom is again ours, I know your uncle would have, and you would, want the free Polish national state to not be burdened financially, to be unburdened, in fact, to the greatest possible degree. Mr. Zelensky, your uncle was the fourth largest private investor in Polish national bonds in North America. In fact, he was just behind the National Bank of Mexico. Will you retire his bonds for a nominal fee as a great Polish patriot? My dad was never sure how nominal the fee was, but he was convinced his uncle got less than $500 for what was at least $100,000 in bonds due in the year 1950 or later. My dad did not spend his life wondering about his grandfather's magnificent moment of investment stupidity, but it would occasionally wake him in the middle of the night. And on his nightly commutes from Manhattan to our little home in the suburbs, he came to know the other regulars on the train, just like Don Draper did on Mad Men, same train, in fact, and one of the regulars on the train turned out to be a stock historian. Eventually, Dad told him the story of Antony Zelinsky and Billy Durant and General Motors, and the stock historian invited him to stop by the office at lunch one day. Sit down, Ted. And I mean, sit down, Ted. The historian showed his math. This was what $1,000 in Buick in 1908 turned into when Billy Durant created General Motors in 1908. And here's where it split. And see, and here's where it split again. And here's where it quartered after they forced Durant out. And then he bought Chevrolet and he came back in and took over General Motors again. And it split. And my father said he started to sweat. Just tell me already. Ted, the $1,000 your great-grandfather turned down in General Motors in 1908 would now be worth approximately $60 million. My father said he struggled to not pass out. His friend from the train then said, plus the value of the name. 
I can't get that exactly, the stock historian said, but it's got to be another couple million, five, ten maybe, especially if he'd taken stock in exchange for the name. There's one more twist to the knife. Well, so far, there's still plenty of time for more. When the unions ran the Soviets out of Poland and Lech Walesa became president of the Free Poland in 1990, he gave a speech establishing the new government. He spoke naturally in Polish. Until, that is, it was time to address one topic. The president read that part of the speech in English. My government will recognize and honor the following years of the Polish national bonds. My father called me in Los Angeles that night. He had spoken to his stock historian friend again and gotten a new rough estimate. My great-grandfather had turned down 60 maybe $70 million in General Motors stock to keep, say, $100,000 in Polish bonds due in the year 1950. And Lech Walesa had just said, we'll pay on those bonds that were due in 1950. And so if great-grandfather's nephew, Teddy, had just sat on them, those bonds would have been worth 5 or $6 million. Keith, my father said quietly, let me remind you again what the great financier, my grandfather, told everyone, told all of us. None of us, none of us have the genes of a businessman. <sighs> easy come, easy go. I've done all the damage I can do here. Help me out. Give this thing a good review or rating or subscribe or email it to somebody. I don't know. Whatever the kids do these days. The Countdown theme is from Beethoven's Ninth. It was arranged, produced, and performed by Countdown musical directors Brian Ray and John Philip Chanel. All orchestration and keyboards by John Philip Chanel. Guitars, bass, and drums by Brian Ray. Produced by TKO Brothers. The other Beethoven selections have been arranged and performed by No Horns Allowed. Our sports music, the Olbermann ESPN2 theme, written by Mitch Warren Davis, courtesy of ESPN Inc. Musical comments by Nancy Faust, the best baseball stadium organist ever. And our announcer today was my friend Stevie Van Zandt. That's Countdown for this, the 622nd day since Donald Trump's first attempted coup against the democratically elected government of the United States. As if you should have had any doubts before, have no doubts now. Arrest him now while we still can. A new episode tomorrow. I'm Keith Olbermann. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, and good luck. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We all know someone with hearing loss, maybe even struggle with it ourselves. But unfortunately, hearing aids cost thousands, which most people just can't afford. Now there's an alternative. A company called Audion Hearing just released new over-the-counter hearing aids for only $189, and they sound amazing. Highly recommended for anyone with hearing loss. Check out audionhearing.com for their 45-day risk-free trial. That's A-U-D-I-E-N hearing.com, and you can use code KEITH for $25 off. 
Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. 